Moshe Tuim Report, the fine president and CEO, on with us, final Monday of uh, every month, Mr. Richard Newman. Uh Nine decades, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, 90th year of operation, incredible. Uh, leading firm of its kind right here on the island, uh, as far as the makeup, 500, give or take, employees, surveys, scientists, designers, architects, all part of the great uh, H2M Architects and engineers leading the charge in his uh, tremendous ways. Leadership is Mr. Human himself. Good to have you. Great having you, my friend. Are you excited? Yeah. You got the you got spring training and everything else in play for your Mets. Being tatted, by the way, is uh, winning the division. It's going to be a good good baseball season, I think, once again for the Yankees and Mets. Are you getting excited or no? You sound really optimistic this morning. I love it. It's all good. How about you? I am. You know, listen, uh, Yanks got off to a great start last year. They kind of let it up. Listen, to me, Yanks have to beat the Astros. You know that. Mets have to do a better job. Get, and they'll get into the postseason, but they've got a lot in play as far as what happened with the Padres last season. So you got a new makeup, new pitching staff, no DeGrom. You had a Verlander. Uh, you get this uh, sin guy, the ghost pitch, and everything else. Uh, you know, listen, uh, there is a lot uh, a lot to think about here coming into play in the next month. Opening day. So it's going to be a fun season, I think. Really good season. So we need it's going, it. going to be a lot of fun. Like, we, have, we have an owner spending some money, which is great. Uh, so it'll be exciting. I, I think the Yankees and the Mets will both have, have good seasons. I think um, Verlaine, I mean, 40. Right, so if uh, hopefully he doesn't come to the Mets to just end his career, hopefully he comes to the Mets to do what he did last year. That'd be great. And I think Scherzer, uh, you know, kind of learning from what happened in the uh, in the postseason with the Padres and everything else. Uh, I think uh, with the Grom out, these guys know they got to pick it up, and uh, I think they will. I don't care how old they are; they could pitch. <laughs> they can still pitch. They really can. They can bring it. So these are two of the best. I think you're going to have a good season. Um, That's it. That's it. Good season as far as Long Island and everything else. Talk to me a little bit about the HIA Economic Summit, which was back uh, on the 15th, my friend. Uh, you're a panelist, right? And a lot of good topics coming up there. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good event. I think probably uh, one of HIA's signature events of the year was their economic summit and um, they partnered with uh, Citrin Cooperman and Adelphi University to really get a sense of what the the CEOs and the business leaders on Long Island felt about uh, 2023 a diverse panel um, I mean I was I was um, honestly on it and the banking industry was represented the healthcare industry was represented. Uh, higher education, the not-for-profit industry was represented. Um, and I think that anytime you can get such different perspective from different industries aligned, uh, that really should drive optimism. So in general, I think um, everybody's got their challenges for sure. And, and uh, I, I think a common theme is going to continue to be uh, talent. And, and recruiting people to help your businesses grow. I know that uh, there's a lot of innovating going on, especially in the healthcare industry, to try to figure out how to uh, you know get people um, 
into a position where their uh, boots on the ground within, you know, all the different practice areas that we have in healthcare. Um, you know, the, the perspective of, of banking in terms of interest rates, inflation is, is uh, a concern. You know, and and the I think the unfortunate goal is uh, to slow down inflation, and to do that, you got to slow down the economy. And to do that, you raise interest rates, and the banks uh, do less business. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's some some caution from their point of view. From my point of view, um, I, I, I see still a tremendous growth potential in uh, you know building and construction on Long Island. So, I think 2023 should be a, a better year than last year. A good assessment, no question. And the interest rates, you know, listen, they, they went to 6.5% from 6.32. Last year it was, you know, you go back a year, my goodness, things have changed, right? 3.39 or thereabouts. But, you know, it still is affecting rich, uh, you know, everybody. Everybody, you know, trying to just do their everyday things in life, you know. Uh, and that is, uh, that's one of the biggest things. You know, you could talk about supply chain and everything else. Uh, inflation affects all, no matter no matter where. And that's something that a, a focus has to be on whatever, wherever you live, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, I think you and I've been talking about this a bit. That um, the you know the hope is that um, in you know inflation and interest rates don't um, really deter um, economic development and, and and growth here. And I, I think for the most part, it's not yet. Which is which is good. A lot of the projects that we're involved with or aware of seem to be still moving forward, uh, even ones that haven't really uh, broken ground yet are still moving forward. So I, I think that's positive. But um, you know, at, at some point, if the if the intent of the Fed is to slow the economy down and slow inflation out, at some point it catches up. I think it's just a matter of businesses uh, making sure that they are, are proactive in seeing the signs when they come, uh, being able to adapt and, and react the way that they need to. And we talked a bit about that at the, at the summit, um, not only about, you know, people, but making sure that you don't continue to, to view your business as um, being, being unable to be adaptive and uh, trying, to, trying to have business as usual be more of your own driver and, and, and your philosophy. And I, I think in general, anytime I talk to, to business owners, we all understand the same thing. Um, you know, be proactive, be flexible, be nimble. Uh, and I think that's going to have to continue in this year. And that's, uh, that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, are, are you getting a sense regarding uh, the businesses, you know, again, that's the pandemic and everything else. Uh, but, you know, a lot have kind of speed speeds lined into the uh, stream as far as getting back to where they were, and it's going to take some time for for most. But do you get a sense that people are, are kind of there just about, or is it still some time before they're up and running at full speed here? What do you get a sense of? I, I, I just about. I, I think that um, you know the, the, the clearly the, the, the biggest um, change has, has been where your people are working from, and 
the, the fact that you know, businesses continue to have to recognize the importance um, or the heightened importance now of work-life balance, and um, you, you can't be in a position to dictate um, you know, terms of where your people work from. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, the, I think the businesses here all have responsibility to develop a culture that um, encourages people to, uh, to, to work in the office with their team, to, to be really connected. And, and there are definitely some industries that were successful at doing that even during the pandemic uh, because of the type of work they were able to be connected no matter, no matter where they were. And that's great. And uh, I, I was, uh, uh, you know, just uh, had a meeting last week with uh, uh, managing partner one of the bigger accounting firms here, and um, you know, she said they did really well in 2021 and 2022. Where you know, I was talking about, you know, our business over the last couple of years and, and how challenging it was to be as effective and as productive when uh, people were not in the office. Uh, and we got ourselves into the office, I think, quicker than most. Uh, so we're, I think, in a good position right now. Uh, I know there are some other businesses and industries that are still a little more challenged in, you know, truly putting the pandemic in the rearview mirror. I won't say we've done it completely yet, but I think, uh, as you said, we're we're just about there. And and I would expect that, you know, this year would be um, a very strong year in terms of embracing the changes that we had to do because some of them were, were, were I think, good for our business, uh, but also putting behind us, uh, you know, some of the, the obstacles that I think that the pandemic presented in, in terms of how we do our work. So I'm, I, think, I think we're just about there. I think businesses in general are just about there. And of course, H2M Architects and Engineers leading the charge 90 years, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in operation. You know, one of the biggest things, when I go about my businesses, um, it's retention of employees. People are having a very tough time uh, either getting people to work, losing uh, who was on board, you know, to other endeavors in life or whatever. But, you know, the common denominator when I do my thing in and around is that people complain most about that, Rich. Do you get a sense of that? Trying to retain some good people on board. Recruiting others and whatnot, very difficult, you know, to try that, those, those right individuals. That is a big complaint by many a business out there, you know? Yeah, I think it's be the, the most challenging issue uh, probably in the, in the next couple of years. Uh, and you know, how we recover from that, look, there are some industries that uh, I think, you know, could take a decade to, to recover and, and industries that really spend. Um, the workforce for various reasons during the pandemic. Uh, people were not sitting around and, and waiting to be called back. People had to either reinvent themselves or, or get themselves into, uh, you know, different professions. Um, and, the, you know, so the availability of, of the workforce is, is tighter than it was. Uh, you know, unemployment is, is really low which uh, isn't helpful. In, in my industry, it's, it's even lower. It's probably less than 2% in the AE industry. Um, and, you know, those are, are, are you know, also people that um, maybe pull themselves out of the, you know, AE talent pool to do other things. So, you know, for us to grow 
you know, we were still super committed to uh, working closely, all our partnerships with all the universities and trying to attract people that are, are you know, staff and entry level. But, uh, you know, we need, we need people, uh, you know, from, from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, you, you need to make your company uh, as attractive as possible. Uh, and it's, it's not easy because at the same time, there are other companies that are making themselves as attractive as possible. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to get past the, the fact that there are going to be people that, uh, you know, you're, you're treating as well as you can that think that the grass is greener someplace else. So, um, and they're going to go and, and, and look. Um, they could be with a certain company for five to seven years, and, and that's been their first professional job, and they want to see what else is out there. And you might not necessarily be doing anything wrong, uh, but, you know, they want to see. Uh, you know, is there something more for them someplace else? And that happens. And, and I talked to staff that are leaving here about that. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't burn bridges. They don't burn bridges. That's smart uh, because you never know where you're going to be. But uh, I, I, I clearly believe that uh, it, it's going to continue to be a, a top priority for us is to, to maintain the good staff we have and um, be able to recruit in more innovative ways to you know, show people what our company is all about and, and, you know, what their career could be if they, if they joined us. So, um, you know, it, it's been like that for a number of years, Jay, and, and I don't see it changing. Is the human with us, Richard from H2M. Now let's go in and around because, you know, first up is what's going on in Nassau, the hub and everything else. Uh, look at the Coliseum, a lot of talk, Rich, regarding a possible casino, Las Vegas Sands wants to get involved there. Listen, they see what happened with Jake's 58. Very successful. Very successful over the last few years, no question. Uh, there's a lot of pushback. They've had some meetings there. A lot of the residents say, well, wait a minute now. Um, that's going to add to the decadence as far as what could happen here, criminal activity, traffic, you name it. Uh, you know, all the usual suspects in play, and that's the question right now. Uh, is that a good situation for that particular venue in and around that area? Uh, that'll be a big topic of discussion over the next year or so. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. The um, Yeah, it's funny you bring up Jake's 58, and uh, I've been there a number of times and, and had a great time. I, I lived I don't know, maybe five or seven minutes away from Jake's 58 and they, and they're expanding and they do a really nice job there. And, um, uh, I was, I was, uh, just met up with some friends in Connecticut, went to Mohegan Sun, uh, last weekend, not this past weekend, last weekend and, um, had a great time. Uh, and you know, when, when you, when you consider, uh, you know, what some of the more, uh, I guess societal concerns are about a casino, um, you know, it's all relative. It's, um, you know, especially in a day where, um, you know, if, if people want to gamble, they're going to gamble. They can gamble on their phones. They can gamble on their computers. They can, you know, do what I did and, you know, take a nice ferry ride and go to Mohegan Sun for a weekend. Um, so I, I, I clearly understand, uh, you know, concerns that communities can have in, in that regard. Um, yeah, you know, from a, a traffic perspective, I, I think that um, um, it, it, it's going to be evaluated. It needs to be evaluated and and, um, uh, and and mitigated. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 
um, we know we need to redevelop that property. And, uh, you know, if, if you think about, you know, Long Island and Nassau County and, um, you know, the, the, the things that we have here that are, are just, um, uh, you know, focal points for our region, uh, you know, I, I, I think if you're not considering something like a casino that's a, a true destination spot, you know, the Coliseum is, is, is no more. Uh, I mean, frankly, with, with the UBS arena, you know, the Coliseum is, is, is defunct. Uh, so, you know, if, if you want to really, um, you know, put your, your, your flag in, you need a destination spot. And, and, and to me, you know, besides UBS, there, there isn't one. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, uh, you know, well, as, as development should, you know, stakeholders get together, they talk, they review, uh, you know, they, they, they share information uh, and they and they make the best decisions based on information. Uh, but I, I, I think it's a great opportunity for for us, for our region and, and for NASA. And we'll we'll see where it goes. It's about serving a purpose at this point in time. And you got to ask yourself, oh, what does Coliseum do? I remember back in the day, I would take my mother to see Streisand and Barry Manilow. But really, bring it up to speed as far as where we are at here. And look at what's happening in Suffolk County as far as how that is operating. You know, bringing in some revenue, a lot of revenue. So, uh, you know, you can you can never you can never fall shy of not bringing in the revenue, you know. Uh, yeah. I think it's good. You make a good point. You know, it's like I say with the sports betting. You know, you can get it anywhere online, right? You can go, You can do anything. So what are we what are we arguing about? You know, apples and oranges. What are we doing here? So uh, we'll see what happens. Let's shift a little bit uh, eastward. And uh, you know, MacArthur has really built itself up. It is a tremendous airport. Um, you know, you look at the newest of airlines, Breeze. They're adding some new destinations uh, coming into play at this point. They got a lot of money over the last week. Uh, regarding grants and whatnot, they're doing a lot of improvements, and uh, this airport has really uh, become a staple as far as not only Suffolk but really all along Island Ridge. Yeah, I know it, it, it's interesting to think about how long the airport has been there and, and what kind of an asset it is, and you know we finally got ourselves to a point where we recognize that uh, you know we've got to invest in the asset to make it. Um, a, a much greater contributor to our economy here. Uh, so it uh, it took us a while, you know. I because I, again, I, I feel as though we all uh, we all take Magoth for granted. Frankly, it's it's a, it's a convenient place for us to get to where we need to get to and for us to get home. But never a thought about you know how do you attract people nationally to come here and when they come here making sure they understand all the things that they could do here and they can spend their money here and they could help us invest here. Uh, so I, I, I love the, the, frankly, the change in perspective with the airport and the fact that there is so much investment. Uh, the state is clearly committed to the airport. Obviously the, the, the town is committed to the airport and now, you know, combining it with um, uh, the development opportunities that exist over there, I, I think is great. Um, we're going to have to stay very persistent and, and make sure that we keep moving the ball down the field because this is, you know, these kind of developments, uh, you know, they, they take a decade. Uh, and 
you know, we if, if we're not continuing to communicate openly and, and make sure our, our stakeholders are communicating and, and partnerships are created, that's when these things kind of get stuck in the mud. Uh, so it's going to be vital that leadership at all levels stays committed to, um, you know, recognizing the benefit of, of uh, a thriving MacArthur Airport. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I think it's great for the island. It's great for Suffolk County. Um, and, you know, same thing there, too, where you've got local communities concerned about the impact. Um, and, you know, any anytime there's change, you know, you, you, could, you could insert the word impact for change. Change happens. Um, and people have responsibility to assess the change and present the change so that people understand. And if there's things you can do to mitigate, you got to mitigate. Uh, and, and I'm sure that, you know, those things will, uh, you know, be, be happening, uh, hopefully shortly. No doubt. Mr. Human uh, with us, Richard here, you know, the Ron Kankama hub, I saw a rendition uh, of it. And uh, I guess it's a, kind of a name change now, right? Station yards, housing, retail office, that type of thing, the project uh, really kind of reimagined by TriTech. Uh, around the train station, there is a lot in play regarding the development here. Uh, very exciting stuff down the pike, you know. Uh, super exciting! I was I took around Conquest Station yesterday to go into the city, and um, the construction of their Phase Two A is it's going really well. Um, you know, there's 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 chatter. Uh, you know, people just getting on the train, looking at how. Things are coming out of the ground. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of excitement about it, um, and and there's still phases to go. And that's just the north side of the tracks, and, and the county and, and the town have their development on the south side of the tracks. So it's you know in the end, what you know, one of the things that uh, again I, I think was so um, insightful, and um, when they had their two A groundbreaking, um, you know Jim Coglin said some words and um, you know when you when you consider uh, you know revitalizing downtown where there's clearly a focus and transit oriented development which is clearly a focus uh, there's an existing downtown that gets some investment and some revitalization uh, what they're doing is they're creating a new downtown that never existed before and, and I think that's amazing and I think that um, it, 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 it is going to recenter Long Island uh, where you know, for for uh, you know, a kid from Hicksville, Ronkonkoma was the end of the line to me. <laughs> Hicksville was the middle. Uh, now Ronkonkoma can be the middle, and and I think that's again such a, a a great thing for the future and sustainability of Long Island. Where you know we'll look back uh, a couple of decades from now when uh, Ronkonkoma is what it's going to be, and you know remember um, you know what it took. To, to get it to that point, um, you know, again, vision, persistence, commitment, and and those guys, uh, you know, the TriTech guys definitely have that. The uh, H2M report, uh, ladies and gentlemen, final Monday of every month where you can hear the uh, fine president and CEO, my good friend, Mr. Richard Human, report on the uh, goings-on as far as uh, the building aspects here on Long Island, plenty of potential Situations coming into play for the future looking great, uh, as well as what's uh, happening within the confines of his uh, incredible company in or around nine decades. Can you believe that? 90 years. You know, one of the things that you are always involved in is the engagement of 
the company, the employees, uh, into the community, and you've got a plethora of them. Uh, from a polar plunge I was reading about that's coming into play in March uh, to a golf tournament, um, home buyer seminar, which I think is extremely uh, important, especially with the mortgage rates the way they are right now, interest rates. So, uh, in essence, you know, you kind of cover all the bases here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of in- so the, the the golf the golf thing was was interesting. Um, uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it before. We have a, a women's leadership uh, employer resource group here, and it's it's very organic uh, and is driven by a number of our emerging female leaders at H2M. Uh, and and one of the things that they've been talking about was, um, you know, going to some of these uh, golf outings where they're, either they're charitable outings or they're uh, business organization outings. Uh, and, you know, we, you know how many, they're there constantly. You can always attend these outings. And, and you know, when we go, we take clients with us. Um, so, they, you know, there was a whole group of them that uh, would be interested but don't know how to play golf. They don't know the rules. So they, uh, you know, ask a number of the, the, the golfers here at H2M if um, they would put on tutorials and, and take them out to the driving range and show them how to swing. So we had our, our first event, um, which was great. And uh, uh, I think that the women really enjoyed it. I know the, you know, the, the couple of, uh, of, of golfers, here enjoy teaching. Um, I think that uh, you know what what it what it speaks to the most is um, an area that could be intimidating for you know, somebody who has no experience, but recognizes that um, you know it's another tool in the toolbox. If you can uh, uh, you know go out to, to golf with clients and things like that, uh, you know just help develop relationships. Is, is just good for your own development professionally and it's good for the company and and the fact that uh you know they understand that and they want to learn and 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 get more involved i, I think it's great i think it speaks to them uh so i i that's awesome uh, you know you, you brought up the the first time home buyer seminar we do that every couple of years with our young professionals resource group um you know one of the we all make some really big decisions in life, and one of them is, is buying your first home. Uh, the investment is significant. It can also be an overwhelming process. So, you know, what are the things that you can do? And uh, it, it, it was really well attended. Uh, great seminar. We partnered with some nice organizations that help educate our people. Uh, and, you know, just a few of the things that we try to do to engage our employees here as best we can and, and you know, understand that if there's things that we can do to help them grow and, and achieve in the things that they're looking for, then uh, we're very willing to go ahead and, and do those kind of things. Uh, and very important right now. A lot of people, you know, you look at median prices uh, in Suffolk, about five fifty, dollars uh, over 600 for sure. In Nassau County, these are the average prices of homes right now. And a lot of people dealing with it, with these interest rates, uh, the way they are, you know, you need to be guided. And you guys are certainly doing your part. You got a polar plunge, uh, which I participated on in Suffolk at Cedar Beach many a time. You have it going at Toe Bay, correct? Yeah, yeah. This is another nice one for us. We we kind of joke a bit. So we used to go to uh, to North Hempstead, uh, and they had a nice little building, 
and we used to challenge ourselves internally because if you could raise the most money uh, when you got there, when it was really cold out, you were able to congregate in the building, then run out and jump in the water, run back into the building. Uh, so Tobe doesn't necessarily have that, but uh, you know, we, we get a really good group. We were doing it for years. Uh, you know, we sponsored special in a and you know, this is just another nice, really, uh, you know, team building opportunity for us, and at the same time, support a, a great charity. Um, so we're we're thrilled to do that. We have Cycle for Survival coming up. Also, we support Motor Sloan Kettering. Um, you know, the company always takes a couple of bikes. We have some core people here that are like cycling beasts, <laughs> and they know how. To, I can't cycle. I feel like I'm fit, but I'm not at all. And uh, go do Cycle for Survival. You can understand how out of shape you really are. Uh, but it's uh, just another nice event. So, yeah, we got some really, um, you know, good charitable events coming up in the next couple of months. And uh, we're, we're, we're pleased to do it as a company. And I know our employees really love the opportunity. Oh, man, you ain't kidding. You can't, fought, you can't fight for the time, my friend. <laughs> I know that firsthand working out with my kids and, and everything else. You know, you think you got the upper hand, but wait a minute, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it is uh, very real, especially when it comes to that stuff, cycling and everything else. Um talking with Rich Human, H2M Architects and Engineers. Uh, we always say you're one of the best as far as new hires, whether a professional in the field, college graduate, uh, openings year-round, and you got a lot of new hires coming into play, I was reading, right, in March? Yeah, we uh, – so we, we knock on – I'm knocking on wood right now. Uh, we, we had a great start to the year. Uh, we've got um, uh, 28 new hires through uh i guess through through today i I checked it last week and um uh you know we we had uh finished a small acquisition of a uh a water wastewater civil engineering company in northern new jersey at the end of january and and uh, that came about 14 or 15 folks with with them uh so we're off to a really good start and and we've got a number slated for march already uh you know my goal for this year uh, would be to uh, net up 90 new people. Uh, so I've got 28 in the bank uh, through the first couple of months, and, and we're going to keep uh, you know, doing the things we do. I, I can't say enough about our, our, uh, our HR team here. Um, great group of people, very engaging, uh, and, and, and really know, uh, uh, you know how to communicate with people in a way uh, internally, externally when they're recruiting. And also, you know, it, it's a lot of effort to, to hire people. And uh, when, when you're the hub of the effort, you've got to get internal people committed, uh, reviewing resumes, conducting interviews, you know, putting offers together, all those kind of things. And uh, it, 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 it's driven by them. They do a great job. Uh, but the entire team uh, that's involved in, in recruiting and hiring people are, uh, if nothing else, recognizing that from my point of view, it's a priority. So uh, they make it a priority for themselves. And, you know, in the end, Jay, it, um, it, it doesn't allow you to grow if you can't be successful at that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're always improving. We're trying to uh, make sure we could, we could innovate our, our strategies with how we recruit and, and we do a nice job at that and we can always do better, I'm sure. Uh, but we're off to a good start and I'm, I'm feeling uh, optimistic in that regard for this year. 
going. You should be feeling good. 90 years in business. I know you got a state of the company meeting uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks. One in New York, one in New Jersey. I would imagine uh, that it will be a very positive couple of meetings there. No, no doubt. It's the um, yeah. We we start. I probably started doing this uh, eleven years ago, and you know the the primary reason, frankly, is you know they, there's. There are businesses, I think, do a great job of informing, you know, their people about uh, how the company's doing, uh, what some of the challenges are, what the opportunities are. For us, I think it's really important that every single employee understands not only how we're doing, but our vision, where are we going, and they and they sign on to it. Uh, you're, you're hopefully going to get the greatest contribution and the greatest value out of people that really believe in, in, in what the company does. So this is an opportunity for me to, you know, spend an hour and a half presenting the state of the company to, you know, we're up to um, maybe 520 employees now um, and, and give them a chance then to, you know, interact and, and have questions for me if they have questions about uh, what we're doing or how we're doing it, um, especially as you're uh, expanding geographically. There's risk associated with that, so it's nice to talk about what some of our target areas are, you know, we've got a, uh, a Florida office we opened up last year. Our plan is to, you know, open up in, in two new locations this year. We're already, you know, developing our strategies there. And that's exciting for people. You know, they like to see that, um, that the company's growing and getting into new places. We're opening up an office in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, probably in the next few weeks also. So we're excited about that. Um, and those are, those are, you know, yeah, they're important from the business leadership point of view because decision-making needs to happen. But every employee wants to know as much as they can about what the company's doing and why it's doing it. And the, you know, the all-hands kind of state of the company meeting is my opportunity to speak directly to everybody about what we're doing, what the vision is, how we're going to go about achieving it, what my expectations are of them uh, to help get the company uh, to whatever the next level is, and, and we talk about those kind of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, you know, these, these two weeks are, um, you know, for me, kind of crunch time because I've got to get all my stuff together and, and ready to present. But uh, I really enjoy it. I think the staff really enjoys it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and everybody leaves there feeling, as you said, very positive, very optimistic about the future. Listen, uh, when people can share a vision, uh, on everything, it, it goes a long way, no question. And that leads me into, with the time allotted here, my friend, a couple of really key projects I was reading about uh, with the company. One is the library. The other one is a uh, transmission design. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but Mastic Marich's Shirley Community Library, that was a very important project with all that it brings to the table there. Discuss that with me. Uh, yeah, so um, you know, it's it, it's in, you know, it's just I think the library uh, community in in general uh, is one of those areas that uh, has to continue to evolve and and adapt itself just because how people uh, access information, uh, access books, <laughs> access um, uh, whatever resources they would typically get from from a library and. Um, you know, Mastic Richard Shirley has um, 
you know, a, a main library has some annex libraries. So we worked with them to develop an overall strategy in terms of um, building, designing and building a new uh, community library and also renovating um, a, uh, uh, you know, their, their annex libraries. Uh, you know, they, they had uh, sustainability in mind. So the designs uh, are intended to meet uh, a LEED Gold certificate, which is uh, a very high standard in terms of um, uh, energy conservation and utilizing, you know, materials that have uh, a minimal carbon footprint impact. Uh, so really, um, you know, leading edge design, uh, the, the, the client, uh, Matt Richard Shirley, was um, very engaged in, in the process with us and uh, just a, a fantastic client to work with. And I, I think that the, you know, the things that we continue to learn as we're working with these different library districts about what the community wants, their willingness to, not just their willingness, but their, their, their foresight to um, be able to change and support their communities based on community needs has, has been fantastic, but it's a, it's a huge change. Um, you know, there are libraries now that are committed to, uh, you know, people that need to develop new skill sets and maybe get into new trades. And how do you, uh, uh, you know, support those people when they need to learn new things that are at kind of prototypical library services? Um, so it, it's really a great project, uh, you know, buildings and, and, you know, the team here and the team there, I, I think, have worked really, really well together. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the completion of the project here, and, and I know we've got a number of other uh, really cool library projects going on in Oceanside and Gold Coast Library, and uh, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a nice part of our service line uh, doing libraries, and we have some folks here that are experts in uh, really being at the cutting edge of, of what uh, library services are becoming for communities. Uh, so all, all good stuff with that project and everything else, a complete transformation I was reading about. So that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, the other one, uh, as mentioned, a little bit more intricate is this a storage, Astoria Energy Storage System transmission design. Uh, very interesting the way I was reading, very big challenges, uh, especially when it comes to existing underground power communication cables in the area. Uh, I would imagine this is a very... Uh, complex transformation, my friend. Yeah, it's a, it's a really. Uh, I, I appreciate you bringing this one up too because it's it's um, it aligns with uh, you know New York State has has very uh, lofty goals to uh, transition to renewable energies, and um, they have twenty thirty goals, they have twenty fifty goals where they want to be uh, you know off of carbon based power sources. Um, and we, you know, we all know that there's a, a strong focus in wind. You know, Long Island is an epicenter for uh, wind energy potential, and you hear a lot about solar as well. Um, and even some of the plants here that are that are peaking plants, the, the you know the, the system that pulls all that together is uh, energy storage and, and battery storage. And what it does is 
it allows you to uh, you know have your your power facilities operating um, and then it, it is able to take the power store it for when there are peak demands and instead of having uh, you read about all the time having you know peak power plants available when you know you're in the middle of the summer and all the air conditioners are on you can start to now lean on these energy storage battery storage facilities uh, and they're um, they're kind of modular in, in nature so you can locate them strategically within a, uh, a power distribution grid uh, which is what con ed is doing and you know PSC and g long island is doing the same thing um, and this is uh, you know this project in particular is a 100 megawatt facility so it's um, one of the largest in New York State, uh, and we partnered with uh, an energy developer. And essentially, what happens is the utility companies put out uh, essentially RFPs for energy developers to come in and build facilities like this. Uh, so this energy developer came to us because we're doing a lot in the renewable energy space. I uh, wanted to work with us. Uh, and there's so much engineering involved, and we've got the electrical engineering, we've got the civil engineering, uh, so we can really uh, bring a full package to the energy developer. And you know, once they let us know what their goals are for the project, then we come in, we evaluate existing infrastructure, underground infrastructure. How are you going to get now these major power cables from uh, a, a, a key point within a distribution system from? this new energy storage location. Uh, so there are, are always challenges there, uh, but the utilities are, are great partners. Uh, they, they all understand the need to continue to evolve uh, how they source their energy uh, and, and how they distribute it. And, uh, you know, Con Ed is, is really a leader here and, and very committed to uh, meeting its renewable energy goals. And, and I think, uh, there's no doubt that energy storage is going to be a, a key part of that. So, you know, a, a new type of technology here for us, uh, for, for our region, but I think you're going to see these types of facilities, you know, really starting to become much more prominent because when they're available, uh, you know, there are some plants you could essentially never use again because they're only used as peaking plants. Now you don't need them anymore. Uh, so, you know, cool project and, and something that we're really uh, glad to be part of. Because we know that a big topic over the years has been fossil fuels. Well, the goal, from what I was reading on this project, is to displace, you know, that type of generation when power demand, when you think about it, is at its highest levels right now, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, how, how they get to the system is critical. Uh, and and our, you know, our, our electric utilities, uh, they, they recognize the things that they need to do to, you know, deliver the, the, the cleanest energy they possibly can. And even with the existing uh, power plants, our, our power plants here are, are, are pretty clean. Uh, they operate pretty clean. Um, you know, but with that, we're, we're obviously in a, an energy uh, transition mode here in, in New York State uh, and, you know, working closely with the utilities to, to understand how to leverage new technology is, is a key part of that. Uh, and look, at, at some point, as these new renewable systems come online, yeah, you're going to 
rely less and less on fossil fuel-based power plants. Uh, and you know, we'll see what the future of those are going to be. I, I don't really know, but uh, you know, in, in, in the in the interim, in order to achieve uh, you know meeting state goals, places like Con Ed are going to do more of these kind of projects. Lightning, my friend, and of course working with Con Ed and everything else, and H two M has uh, has been part of this project since the initial siding uh, and uh, preliminary design preparation stage. So this is a biggie, uh, without question. Listen, you know I can't let you go. We did a little Mets in the beginning. Why don't we end it with the Jets? As big a fan as you are, uh, the overall question is who will be eating the snap for the upcoming season? What do you think of it? You think Aaron Rodgers comes here or what? Is, is he out of the Did you get the call? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I'm torn completely because uh, he's, he's, he's world-class. Like, to me, that guy's got one of the best arms ever. Um, he's, he's still a great quarterback. Uh, I, I, I see only what I see of him outside of being a football player. Um, you know, when it's kind of sensational in, in nature and, and I know he's, uh, he's a unique person, um, you know, would he fit in really well, uh, you know, with, with, you know, New York media, with New York fans, uh, as, as compared to in Green Bay, I don't know, you know, Derek Carr, uh, who knows? I, I, uh, look, I, to me, I would love to get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you can get one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you do it. And um, maybe that you know buys the Jets a couple of years to to develop another plan. But um, I, I I don't want to clearly Derek Carr to step up. I'd love to take a huge step up. So I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, it, it's going to be on his terms if it's something that he wants. Uh, you know, the, the Jets have a young team. They're an exciting team. The defense had a great year last year. They got weapons. So, uh, obviously, a quarterback of, of his caliber just puts them at a different level. So, I, I, I mean, what, what do you, you – you know what? Even though you're not a Jet fan, you are so connected to, to, to issues like this. What do you think? But the Rodgers, they've got the draft picks. You know, I always look at what is within the confines of a division in which they are. And you look at Buffalo, you look at Miami, and you look at the Patriots. I mean, listen, Buffalo is going to be Buffalo. You know, they're even going to be better and have a little chip on their shoulder. Miami's certainly uh, on the rise. We know that. And the Patriots are always going to be competitive. Listen, I go. I would go after the best, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And he still has a couple of formidable years ahead of him. So uh, if I'm Joe Douglas, okay, as a general manager, uh, listen, he's my guy. Uh, Derek Carr's okay. Is Derek Carr going to get you to the promised land? I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think Aaron Rodgers can and a young makeup of this team. He got your defense set. Now if you get a guy throwing a ball to Garrett Wilson, the year he had as a rookie, uh, and others, you got Brees Hall running running, uh, back into play from the injury. I think it's a no-brainer. You do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If I'm the Jets, I'm going after Aaron Rodgers. I'm going after him. And so I have the argument all the time with my right kid. My kid right loves right Aaron Rodgers. He thinks he's the best quarterback ever. I say Tom Brady. But you got to go after the, the current best, in my estimation. You agree with that? Yes, I do 100%. That would be great. 
it'll be interesting.